another great episode. I have Ryan here from Connexus Indiana. Welcome to the podcast, Ryan. Why don't you, uh, you know, tell about your role and how, I, I'm sure you are connecting with a lot of manufacturing companies. What, what are you learning and uh, share with some of those details? Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Ganesh. Um, appreciate the time uh, to be on your podcast. I'm definitely excited to dig into a few topic areas with you today. Mm-hmm. So I'm Ryan Henderson, uh, Director of Innovation and Digital Transformation at Connexus Indiana. Um, really, our focus at Connexus is to develop and grow Indiana's uh, manufacturing and logistics industries. Mm-hmm. And we do that by connecting companies and the public sector, um, as well as the um, academic uh, thought leaders as well, to really collaborate and help grow uh, the ecosystem in Indiana. Awesome. You said innovation and digital transformation. Yeah. Wow, that those two are definitely needed. That too, we are talking that in Indiana and in manufacturing. How about that, right? So that's super cool. Maybe 10 years back, we may not have imagined that. It's super cool to hear that. So what is innovation and what is digital transformation for you and for your sector of uh, you know, contacts you have? What's, what's that mean? Yeah, no, so that's right. So in sort of the space of manufacturing and logistics, most people think about innovation and digital transformation through this lens of Industry 4.0. Okay. Um, industry and that's 4.0. kind of synonymous with these days, there's so many terms for it, connected factory, factory of the future, uh, smart manufacturing or digital manufacturing. Yep. Um, those terms, they've just all kind of morphed into one. Um, but we go with Industry 4.0. And really what that is is just an onset of all these new technologies. So cobots, IoT, okay. big data and analytics, sure. um, advanced robotics, drones and autonomous mobile robots. There's really a gambit of just half a dozen or even two dozen um, technology categories that fall into there. Um, And my role at Connexus is how do we help Indiana manufacturing and logistic companies lean into those, accelerate the the fourth industrial revolution? Got it. So now I, I think you are in a critical role where you are connecting to Indiana companies to tell them that what is happening in the industry and what what they need to do, maybe what they are doing best or what they can do better. Right? So for that, I am sure you are, you are listening, reading or talking to a lot of global manufacturing companies beyond Indiana. So why don't we start with a little bit global view? Tell us what are you hearing from the leaders, even from outside Indiana? Then let's come inside. Like what are we hearing in Indiana? Yeah, yeah. So... It's a good place to start. Big mm. picture trends. Um, and of course, as you get to the higher level, it gets harder and harder to to narrow down into the nuance. So I think at the highest level, really, you've got industry 4.0 and automation. So it's becoming more persuasive at these companies. Um, a lot are leaning into it, whether that's budgets for technology adoption, strategic roadmaps. So what's okay. next in our digital transformation journey? Um, and then dedicated teams and leaders. So companies are appointing a director of Industry 4.0 to actually execute what's next in their plans. Um, and then you have 
some of the sustainability and ESG um, trends coming into that. So you have sure. Securities and Exchange um, Commission just announced an enhancement of the climate disclosures um, and financial reporting. So that's definitely going to impact the industry. And um, sort of anecdotally, I, I know through an analytics platform that we use at Connexus uh, called Lightcast, it, uh, manufacturing and logistics companies are actually hiring the most sustainability roles of any other oh, wow. sector. Yeah, so it's impressive. It's, it's more than the professional services industry. So the Deloitte's, the Ernst & Young's of the world, they're actually outpacing them in um, dedicated sustainability positions. Um, so there's that. Then you've got um, this hard tech entrepreneurship piece. And, and what I mean by hard tech is the combination of manufactured components software okay um mm-hmm. and, and you know industry 4.0 technologies and startups fall into the kind of hard tech category as well um, but it's actually pretty significant if you think in terms of indiana um, hard tech investment was actually the fourth largest venture investment category for the state oh, wow. um, in terms of dollars invested so it's it's significant and it makes sense because indiana has traditionally being a leader in, in manufacturing. So makes sense leveraging that infrastructure. Um, and then I think the other big trend is just electrification and electric vehicles. Sure. Um, yeah. And we, we all kind of know what that, what that means, but in terms of Indiana, it's just how do we help companies get, get prepared for that transition? So in your view, comparing the global companies and Indiana companies, and in the context of the Industry 4.0 and the digital transformation, where are we in our journey? Are we just getting started or kind of in a mature state? Are we in between? Where, where do you rate mm-hmm. us? Yeah, that's, let, me, let me get to that just after I kind of hit why it's important okay, um, yeah. for Indiana. Yeah. So sure. yeah, we, we have some fun facts that sure. we use at Connexus, um, but they're significant. Um, so manufacturing and logistics provide one in four private jobs in the state of so that's about oh, that's over six hundred thousand jobs, and Hoosiers employed in manufacturing and logistics. Um, Indiana is the most manufacturing intense state, so manufacturing is more important to the state of Indiana than tourism is to Hawaii. Um, so it's a significant economy, and we we rely on it here in Indiana. Um, there's also over fifteen hundred small to medium and large manufacturing and logistics companies. So Absolutely. there's just a huge volume of companies and most of them are small um, legacy. So they've been around for a long time um, and then sort of family owned or, or with, within that generation. Um, and then uh, just to get to the second piece of your question, where are Indiana companies? Yeah. So we've been tracking this for the last three years. We partner with IU Kelly School of Business Center for Excellence in Manufacturing to do research. And I would say kind of at the highest level, companies are further along than you might think um, in certain technologies. So I mentioned those categories earlier, cobots, um, 3D printing, robotics, IoT. Those are some that are a little bit further along in terms of adoption. Um, and then there's like augmented reality, virtual reality, yep. autonomous mobile robots, big data and analytics. Sure. Those are sort of just coming online now. Um, so it depends what technology you're talking about, um, where, indis- uh, where companies are. So now connecting the dots between 
the Indiana companies where they are and uh, Connexus Indiana. Mm-hmm. So what kind of help or engagement you have with these manufacturing and logistics companies to maybe, you know, help them get to the next level? Yes. Yes. So there's a few things that we're focused on and, and you're already involved with one. So we have an advanced industries council. So we yeah. regularly convene manufacturing and logistics companies um, power of the network, mm-hmm. um, go through, okay, what workforce challenges are you facing? What technology challenges are you facing? Getting folks connected to solve some of those problems um, and bringing in some of the public sector and academic partners too. Um, then we have a team that's focused on workforce as well. Um, and they're really, one of their big um, audacious goals is how to stop some of the workforce leakage. Um, so Indiana's labor participation rate is at about 62%. Okay. Definitely need to get that up, and, and we've sort of set a goal for ourselves to get that to about 65%. So we're talking about thousands of more positions. Um, in terms of technology adoption, um, the work that, that I have the most influence on, um, I would say one of the biggest things that we've been working on is with the Indiana Economic Development Corporation. So we have a program called the Manufacturing Readiness Grants, um, and we've actually given out um, over 380 awards, um, totaling 39 million to companies to adopt um, all these technologies. Um, wow. So 3D okay. printing, yeah, yeah, robotics, uh, cobots, machine vision, IoT. We've been funding all of that, helping companies just kind of take their first step in that digital transformation journey. Wow. So you are bringing ideas from the global and you are also funding it a little bit so they can get started. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, that that's the state. So this is the IEDC yeah, sure. program and they're invested in it. They know how important manufacturing and logistics well, is. Um, so I think the consensus there is, is let's, let's lean in even more um, and, and strengthen those industries. See, that, that summarizes the... The, the the criticality or the importance of that industry 4.0 and uh, the the reason why we need to bring those kind of technologies to Indiana companies. Now, is that is it because of pandemic? Is that pandemic changed? What's the impact of pandemic in Indiana companies, and what's the relevance to your uh, you know the digital 4.0 type? Yeah, industry 4.0. Yeah, there, there's certainly been. Um, a lot of pandemic impacts, there's no doubt. Um, in terms of workforce, um, there was a big loss of women in the workforce over that time, right? So a, a lot of women left the workforce um, at, in 2020, uh, which was actually at its peak. So there was never, in 2020, there was never more women in the advanced industries. Um, but then unfortunately the pandemic um, affected progress there. Um, there's also been a big retirement, so the workforce over 55 years um, of age starting to retire. Um, and you always hear about some of the unfilled positions, right? A lot of companies are struggling to fill roles, um, and there are still those challenges today. Um, we, we've got some research on that, um, kind of esti- estimating anywhere between 30,000 and 80,000 unfilled roles in, in manufacturing and logistics, which costs the state a lot of money. So not filling those roles means lost corporate taxes and payroll taxes yep. and income taxes. Um, in terms of technology adoption, um, pandemic has definitely impacted that too. So uh, cost reduction is something that we've seen 
really um, companies have really put a fine point on that. So in our own research um, with IU, we've seen that increase from about 40% of companies saying that they're doing industry 4.0 projects to reduce costs to about 80% um, in 2022. And then another one is digitization of processes and production. That's increased from about 30% in 2020 to 50% in 2022. So those are the two big movers. Um, and, you know, we're seeing a lot of the technology fill those, fill those like objectives. Yeah, that's, that's what we hear from our customers too. Like I think companies realize that now in this world, we should be able to run and operate. Um, you know, salespeople need to sell without going and meeting in person. Yeah. And the product demo need to be done without going, taking the product <laughs> and show anywhere, right? So it's lesser feel and touch. It's more show. That means, um, you know, a lot more connected ecosystem, connected equipment connected. So, yeah, the digital is uh, is really playing a great job on mm-hmm. that. So, so now, now you, you kind of uh, put different projects from you know, the robots to, you know, connected ecosystems and autonomous, um, you know, all that. Now, all these need one thing common, data. Mm-hmm. And that's where company like Conversite is coming in. Um, you know, we are providing the data analytics using uh, AI system, right? Um, data is very critical. I want to hear from you. And what are you hearing from Indiana mm-hmm. companies, manufacturing logistics companies? What are they thinking about the data and analytics and what what are the areas where they are not able to solve or yet to solve it? Yeah, yeah that, that, that's a great point. And I should have highlighted that kind of in the industry 4.0 definition, kind of the, the there's an automation piece to it and, and all these emerging technologies, but then the other fundamental piece is the data-driven insights, yeah. collecting data on the shop floor and then using those to make more sales or be more efficient. Um, so you're, you're absolutely right on that. Um, in terms of, of data and analytics um, in Indiana, we, so based on the research um, report that we did in 2020 with IU, about one in four companies have adopted big data and analytics okay. that have done an industry 4.0 project. Okay. So. There are a lot of companies that haven't done their first one, um, and we don't we don't exactly know what that looks like. But of the companies that have, it's about one in four. Um, and then we ask a question in, in that research and survey. We ask, so how are you using it? If you've implemented it, how are you actually using it? And then, really, what we hear from companies is they're they've adopted it, but they're kind of trying to figure out the right use case. So there's so many options. Yes. Um, that they can deploy it, whether mm. it's safety, whether it's production on the shop floor, whether it's kind of front house, like business operations. Sure. How do we deploy that first um, that first use case for the big data and analytics project? Um, where to start? Where to start, yeah. Yep. And in fact, we ask a follow-up question after that, and we say, so what, what are some of the barriers to yep. adoption? And lack of internal knowledge integration okay. with legacy systems okay. and then data collection from machines in the shop shop on the shop floor are the top three um, kind of prohibiting companies from deploying it. Perfect. So I think um, a year back, um, you know, we had a webinar type along with uh, Purdue 
and we're talking to a lot of manufacturing companies. One thing I was so surprised to hear was like a lot of mid-sized companies felt they don't have the resources to, to get into it. They felt it's for big companies and they you need probably millions of dollars to get to that. Mm. I think that's changing now. I can already see, you know, even within our customer base and converse side customer base, like we have a, we have companies who are like $20 million, $30 million businesses where they don't have, um, you know, a data lake or a data warehouse or a data scientist. Without, without any of that, they're able to get into mm. an AI system which can give them insights and all those. So I think the cloud adoption and a lot more uh, you know, SaaS products, software as a service products are making that uh, dream true. Um, I was working with the company, they're a $50 million company. Like when he saw the product, he said, Ganesh, you know, he, he always wanted to do something and his customer used to be like a 2 billion, 3 billion company. They have a cool solution. He always wanted to have that at, it's not possible. Now, these AI systems are making them a lot more powerful. They're like, I'm going to show this mobile app to my customer. <laughs> now they look at how niche or cool we have. Mm. What I really felt is the power these technologies could bring to these mid-market companies without waiting for years or without they wait for that growth or hire a data scientist. Um, the AI and analytics could change even their own confidence, you know, the rest of the other benefits will come, but their own confidence when their sales teams have sophisticated system, they're going to feel good about it. So where do you think, now you said 25% of the companies have started. We we did a podcast uh, in our prior episode, we, we laid out a journey on what you need to do to get started. Mm -hmm. And to me, I'm a big ROI guy. Like, what is the return on investment? It's not like we just want all the 100% of the companies just go do it just because everybody else is doing this. What is the expected outcome? Mm. Is it revenue? Is it uh, your, you know, bottom, you know, optimization on your cost side or it's customer satisfaction? What is that it's going to do for you? and identifying that use case and implementing it with the right technology mm. and all that. So we went through a journey. I think it's a three podcast probably. What, in your view, what will take this 25% to 50%? What companies need to do from that standpoint? Mm. Yeah, that's a great question. I think I have a few thoughts to that, which is, you're right. The small to medium companies are the ones that have the the biggest challenge for the yeah. adoption, right? They don't have dedicated IT teams. They don't have data scientists. Yes. Um, some of the larger companies do have those resources. I think definitely use case development and then seeing success from other manufacturers. Kind of, it's almost like a word of mouth type yeah. thing. It's just... Once one manufacturer has a successful project and it's kind of shared in the community and it, it gets around, um, then others may kind of hear that and, and gain some interest and maybe the two plant managers will talk to each other and mm -hmm. um, they, they may lean into it more. So I think 
telling the story, especially Conexus, we need to tell more of those big data and analytic success stories. Um, the other thing that we hear, which is just, it's no surprise, budget issue, right? Yeah. So, and we have the Manufacturing Readiness Grants program there as an incentive, uh, but it wasn't there before. So hopefully companies look at that as an opportunity to deploy some of the hardware um, and then lay on those software solutions to start doing some of this big data analytics. Is, is the resource a problem? Do you see that as a problem for hiring data analysts, data scientists? Is that a, one of the challenge why they are not adapting? Yes. I mean, yes, it's here. I mean, 50% of companies report that just lack of internal knowledge, of internal not knowledge. knowing where to get started. Um, yeah, probably that they're not quite sure who on their team could kind of be the internal champion um, to oversee and execute a project like that. So I think certainly work, workforce restricts a project like that. You've, if I take another technology which has had some success, 3D printing is the top uh, technology that's been adopted by Indiana manufacturing companies. There's there's kind of that ecosystem built around it already. There are some use cases. There are definitely success stories. Um, a lot of companies in the Manufacturing Readiness Grants program have used funding to deploy 3D printers. Um, so you kind of got the pieces that you need to start seeing success there. Awesome. So um, in terms of, I know you are bringing that knowledge and a little bit of funding are you doing something to bridge that resource gap? Is that training programs? Uh, what kind of, I, I'm sure, I think you also mentioned about uh, study with uh, IU, but what, what else are you doing to bring or retain that talent here in Indiana? Yes. So one, one thing that comes to mind is, I mean, a lot of the universities in Indiana have programs. Um, mm -hmm. Ivy Tech comes to mind. They have a smart manufacturing and integration oh, yeah. program. Um, and that program is kind of focused around IoT and robotics um, technicians and engineering. So there are definitely opportunities, um, whether or not, I think, whether or not companies see that as an easy route if they don't have the right use case mm. and they don't have the budget and they, they're not sure exactly who in the company can kind of be that internal champion. Um, I'm not sure it gets them over that hump, yeah. um, but it's certainly like certainly Indiana's universities are, are looking at this and starting to develop programs around um, all of this manufacturing and IoT. Absolutely. So in now, um, we are you know, kind of out of pandemic, you know, life seems to be normal now, but now suddenly we are hearing about this macroeconomy and a uh, little bit slowness. Do you see the digital adoption transformations programs slowing down or accelerating to cut the cost? Where do you see Indiana companies will go in the next year? Mm. I think it's accelerating. Um, we certainly, yeah, we certainly have some data to support that. Um, more companies have dedicated technology adoption budgets. More companies have strategic roadmaps. More companies have dedicated leaders and teams to execute these projects. Um, and then a lot of companies um, tell us that they expect to implement a handful of these technologies in the next five years. So cobots and cybersecurity and sensor technology 
um, Internet of Things, they all seen big jumps big in jumps, terms yeah. of we expect to, we're going to look at this seriously in the next five years. Um, and, you know, having a budget and a dedicated team certainly means they're preparing to, to take that on. Now let's let's talk about AI briefly. The AI as a term, obviously the, to do AI you need data and analytics, got it? Now AI, the moment we think about AI, what is the perception? Is it is it companies thinking it's going to help? Or is it cutting job? What is the perception? Hmm. That's a great question. We um we do look at that. Um it, it certainly lower than big data and analytics okay. and um, machine learning pops up sort of in the list. I think it's at about 15% of companies that have undertaken an industry 4.0 project. And the AI, I think there's some confusion between the machine learning and AI, right? That, that folks aren't quite sure exactly what constitutes um, as a, as a kind of defining, defining line between those two projects. Um, and there's definitely, you, you hear the narrative that AI is going to take away jobs and, and some of that, but that's not something that companies share. Yeah, yeah. Um, they definitely look at this, these technologies, machine learning, AI as augmenting the workforce yeah. and in fact, making themselves more competitive yes. and then growing wages and jobs and landing new business uh, just because they're more efficient and more competitive. Um, I think you brought a good point, the confusion between machine learning and AI. Um, you know, my CTO used to always say that when he hear, you know, AI as a technology, he would say, look, AI is not a technology. It's an outcome of machine learning, obviously. If the machine can learn the way we do, the humans do a job, and it can start performing or automating that or augmenting, as you mentioned, um, that's AI. Right. So it could be in any form, but uh, obviously when we call something as an AI, it's a machine learning uh, behind the scene. And that for that, you need a lot of data. So the data and that machine learning programs and bring that uh, repetition and bring that automation uh, from a you know day-to-day -day process perspective. Um, especially like what we are seeing in supply chain, especially companies who are Two years back, they were struggling with, oh, I don't have stock. I don't have materials. I can't deliver. I'm missing on time delivery. Today, when I go talk to the companies, oh, we may have too much of inventory because the interest rates are high. Is there a way I can optimize inventory? So now we are in a time where it's changing. Like year back, the strategy is changing to what I need to do today. So that's where the machine learning or the outcome, the AI, could come and help, can recommend how much you need to buy or how much you need to build, do a little bit forecasting mm. without um, without spending a lot of time and energy. One thing I, you know, through you, you know, if we can talk to the, the mid-market manufacturing and logistics companies, it's no longer a million-dollar project. And AI doesn't mean it's complex. AI doesn't mean they need a lot of resources. There are a lot of smart uh, companies, startup companies in this ecosystem in Indiana, outside Indiana. Every day they are thinking about how do we you know, bring these AI to 
get more higher visibility in supply chain and uh, recommendations on how much to build, what to build, what to buy, and uh, what's going to happen, right? Kind of a forecast. Mm. Um, I think, um, in my view, um, clarifying and uh, clearing some of that, that you don't need army of people, you don't need millions of dollars, and you can always start with a small fund um, through IUTC, for example. Uh, that could take us a long way. Um, what does your next one-year plan look like? What's 2023 for you? Yeah, more of the readiness grants. Um, okay. So we continue to see just a great deal of volume, big appetite from manufacturing companies and sure. technology adoption. Um, I think at this point we've crossed over the 500 application mark. Um, so that's about, it's over 5% of Indiana manufacturers. So we've hit quite a few at this point. Um, certainly try to, as I mentioned earlier, figure out how to leverage Indiana's manufacturing leadership and dominance and help kind of the creation and growth of hard tech companies, um, just because there's such a wealth of expertise and robust infrastructure to, to support them. Um, and then I think the one thing at Conexus that we're uh, really trying to hone in on is how to activate the supply side, so the conversites, yes. right? So we, we have a program that helps the technology adopters lean into it, get some funding to, to support them in their journey. Um, but we don't have a mechanism quite yet that really helps the supply side of the technology sure. builders and integrators mm -hmm. um, and providers. So we really want to figure out how can we pull in companies like Conversite into the conversation and engage you and kind of work together to, to keep accelerating this technology adoption in Indiana. Absolutely. I think, um, you know, it's no longer just the company and their technology leader thinking about their innovation. You are thinking about their innovation too. And that's so exciting. What, what motivates you every day? I think it's a, it's a great job what you're doing, not just one organization, you know, it's not just to make profit for a company, for doing something every day for the community. It's not an easy job. So what motivates you? Yeah, yeah, well, I guess, I mean, I, I, um, I'm motivated by my, you know, studies. So I have sure. a master's degree in sustainability and, and economic development fits in there, sustainable development. Mm -hmm. um, so I had already an interest uh, in my younger life. Um, but it's challenging work. Like these are big problems yeah. to solve. Um, there's a lot of research. There's a lot of collaboration and partnerships. And I think that's really what drives me in, in this role. It's it's figuring all that out. It, it keeps you on your toes every day. Well, you know, um, I'm sure like any day I, when I see that, oh, there's a company moving to Indiana or they're expanding, they're building something in, you know, here, wow, that's like, uh, that's a great news. And every day when I'm driving I-65, I see the number of new buildings coming in, like in terms of the warehouses, in terms of new facilities. It's great to see in the last couple of years how much new construction's happening and uh, so exciting to see. And thank you. And you are probably part of that uh, growth, what we are all seeing and envisioning and uh, enjoying. So thank you, Connexus and uh, Ryan, personally you. Um, thank you for keeping Indiana up to date on the technology innovation. 
and uh, helping us a little bit funding and uh, and uh, you know being with us in their journey in our journey of digital transformation great to have you in our podcast and looking forward to our partnership thank you thank you ganesh appreciate it